So we're up to Daf Ayin Vav Ahmed Beis. The Mishnah was describing different women that can make a marriage a mekach tois. So the sheet of the Chachamim is that it doesn't depend on the mum, it depends on where the mum is. If it's a mum in Shebeseser, if it's a hidden mum, so then it's mekach tois, because he could legitimately say, I wasn't aware of it. But if it's a mum in Shebegaloi, if it's on her face, what, what type of, how could you say it's mekach tois? You obviously were aware, and, and you were, and you were masking. So the Gemara says like this, Amr of Nachman, go to the next page, V'nichbe, V'nichbe is, um, is, uh, is V'nichbe, the halacha is, that form of a mum, so, it's moment because it's very possible that you are not made aware of it. Because how do you know? Uh, so, if that if the if the wife has that that uh, condition, that would be uh, grounds for mekachtois, and you can't say that he was made aware because how do you know that if he ever saw it? You understand? So the Gemara says though, v'hani mili de kavila zman. I'm sorry, moment Yeah, But if that's only a true, I mean, why is it a moment Because she knows when it's going to happen, or conceptually, and she makes sure that he never saw it before. But that's only when the condition happens at certain times. Let's say there's certain times, like in the mornings, it happens, or in the afternoons, or nights. So then she could just make sure to not be available at that time. But if it's mamish chaotic, then it's moment because the assumption is. He was probably made aware at some point. Okay, Vaiter in the Gemara. Uh, Mishnah. Ha'ish shenoldu by moment. Okay, so we t- talked about yesterday. Uh, yesterday's daf was the basic premise of yesterday's daf was that um, was that um, if the if the woman is found to have a mum, it's a mekach tois. Okay, so <clears throat> what if the man is found to have a mum? So the Gemara assumes it's not a mekach tois. The reason is because uh, w- women don't care generally as much about what men look like as opposed to men caring what women look like. Now that being said, there are still women that would dis- that would make a mekachtois, not a mekachtois, that would make a marriage um, forced to end by a man. But if let's say uh, you found that the man has a, has a birthmark, whatever it is, a scar, right? We said yesterday a dog bite creates a scar, that's a mum. That would disqualify. That would make a mecca It's not by a guy, because the assumption is women don't care about looks as much as men care about looks. So the mission says, but we know that a woman can never demand a divorce. But there's some certain women that we demand a divorce for the woman. Okay, If a man has moment, ain't say we don't force him to get divorced. That's only true with small women. But large blemishes, large blemishes, we force them to get divorced. Now the Gemara is going to clarify what's the definition of a large blemish. But if it's a large blemish, we do force them to get divorced. We we go we we basically advocate for the woman to force the man to divorce her. Now, so the Mishnah is saying that if a man has a mum, it's not grounds for divorce because we assume that she she, she doesn't care as much uh, uh, about looks as men care about looks. The question is, was this mum always there, or did it develop? Right. So the Gemara says there were two different versions of the Mishnah. Rav Yehuda Tani Noldu. Rav Yehuda had his version of the Mishnah is Noldu, which means the mum developed. Now that's a bigger chiddush because we're saying basically for the woman, and eh, I'm sure she's fine. I'm sure she doesn't mind the, 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 about the mum if it's a small mum. So the chiddush is, even though it's Noldu, it developed later. 
Meaning, if it developed before the marriage, okay, of course, she, she was aware of it and she was Michael. We're saying, no, even if it was Noldu, the mum developed later, still the Chiddush is that we assume that she was Michael. Rav Chiyabar Abba, Tani, Rav Chiyabar Rav, Tani, Hoyu. He actually, his version of the Mishnah is Hoyu, which is not that the, not that the, uh, that the mum, not that the mum developed, uh, uh, developed later on, that it was always there, which is less of a Chiddush. Meaning, she was made aware of it, and she was Michael. So it's pretty posh. So the Gemara says, The Gemara says, the one who says Hayu, meaning that there was always there, would not say the same halacha by Noldu. Noldu means that the mum developed later. If the mum developed later, then why do we assume that she's okay with it? Who says she's okay with it? Maybe she's not okay with it. Now, here's the kasha. Tanan, it said in the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, according to Shem Gamliel, when do we say the marriage does not have to be dissolved when it's a small mum, but if it's a big mum, you have to dissolve the marriage. Now, let me ask you a question. If you say that the mum developed, okay. So if a big mum developed, I get it that we can't assume that she's okay with it. But if she was made aware, if you go to the Mishnah, which means that she was made aware of the mum before the marriage, why is there a distinction between small and big? If she's made aware, and she's masking to accept it, then what is like she's according to Chiyabarav, The mission is describing a scenario where she was aware of the woman, and and was Michael. So why is that? And then so then why is Rishon say, yeah, but if it's a big mum, we force the marriage to dissolve. Why? If she was masking and accepted him with all the faults, so what does it matter if it's a small mum or a big mum? What's the difference? So the Gemara says, If she accepted it, what's, what's the, why do we make a difference between a small mum and a big mum? The answer is, The answer is, even though she said before the marriage she would accept it, if it's a big mum, we assume that uh, she might have changed her mind. Meaning, even if a woman accepts that she could handle this, there's a difference between conceptually handling it and then actively, actively handling it. So if it's a big mom, we say to her, listen, we understand this is too tough, and even though you were macabre, it, it's too much. So you, you can back out, and we could force the marriage to dissolve. Okay, now, <clears throat> now what's the definition of a big mom? Eluhein mum in gedolim. These are considered big moms that we dissolve in the marriage. Pirish Rav Shimegamliel, Kigay Nismis Enai, his eye becomes blinded. Nikta Yada, he loses a hand. Nishbaragloi, his foot was shattered and he can never walk again. Okay? Very good. Fine. It's my Rav Abba Bar Yaakov, Am Rav Yechanan, Halacha Rav Shimegamliel, the Halacha of Azar Shimegamliel, the big moment, Sarv Yechanan quotes Shimegamliel, the Halacha of Azar Shimegamliel, that by big moment we dissolve the marriage. Rav and Rav says the halach of Alzacham. So, okay, so the first version is that Rav Yechanan said the halach of Alzacham. Here's the kasha. Why do you have to tell me that? Rav Yechanan always follows Hashem Gamliel. There's a rule that Rav Yechanan has that we always pass on Hashem Gamliel. So, why do you have to tell me Rav Yechanan says the name Hashem Gamliel? I know this is a rule of all of Shas. The Gemara says, Did Rav Yechanan actually have to verbalize the halach of Hashem Gamliel? Every time Hashem Gamliel is quoted in the Mishnah, it says Rav Yechanan the halach follows him. Except for those three cases, whatever they are. 
So the question is, so why do you have to tell me the halach of Al-Zer I thought Rav Yechonah always holds like a Shem you don't have to speak it out. So the answer is, There were two students. One student had a Messiah from Rav Yechonah that we always pass like Shem and he wouldn't have to speak it out. One student did not have that Messiah, and he had to speak it out. Morning in progress. So, up to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. Um, in general, we don't force a man to divorce his wife unless there's something really, really wrong. These are the following um, mumen, I guess more of the same. These mumen we forced to get divorced. The question is, didn't we have in the previous Mishnah only by big mumen? So the answer is that um, the previous Mishnah, we said the Tanakama said that regardless of whether it's a big mum or a small mum, they stay married. Rishim Lil was the one who said big mum or small mum. These mum are so big, even the Tanakama would agree you ended the marriage. These are universally accepted. Mukashchin, if she, uh, um, someone who gets covered in boils. Bal pupilos, someone who has pupilos will describe it's a certain type of disease. Hamikabets. Is boils, is boils a temporary thing? Um, it didn't sound like it, but even if it was, it was, um, during that time period, it was non-functional. It seems like it was non-functional, even if it might have been temporary. So it's enough but, to end the marriage. You're, you're allowed, you're allowed to go back on something that's only temporary? I, I don't know. To be honest with you, not really sure, but, um, it seems like it did not go away that quickly. Like, it seems like this was not like a two-day condition. It, it, it seems like even if it was temporary, it was a long temporary. Um... Hamikamets is someone who goes around picking up dog poop with his hand. Now, why he does this, Rashi says he's not sure, but it probably had to do with laundry. Like laundering, they used to launder clothing with dog poop, which is a great idea. Uh, but it's like, that's what he does. And if like you get married and you're and like the husband's, and she's like, can you put, like, stop doing that? And he's like, well, I won't. <laughs> and that's enough to end the marriage. Um, Hamitzarev Nechayshah, someone who refines copper. It was a very smelly job. Borsia Tanner. Tanner is also very smelly. Also, by the way, they handle dog poop. They used to do that in the tanning. But tanning is a very smelling condition. Smelling, smelling job. Bein shahayu achle nisu, ubein shenisu noldu. All of these things are warrants for divorce, even if he had been doing this when they were, when they were, when they were still dating. Meaning, even if she went into the marriage knowing that he might... That he might want to um, uh, to be in the tanning business, we assume that she, that she might have thought she could handle it, but she can't. Are, are these all examples? And there could be more. Of these I would assume that any job that we have nowadays that smells as bad as a tannery would would be warrants to end the marriage as well. But those were the examples in the times of Mishnahis. Now, while Kulanam Rav Meir said. For all of these conditions and all of these jobs, even if he was, he told her, listen, this is my life, and she's like, I'm in, she could still force the divorce because she could say, I thought I could accept it, but I can't. Meaning, I thought I, thought I, could, uh, I could be in, I, I can't. The Chacham disagree, though. The Chacham say, no. The Chacham say, no. If, if she accepted these conditions before they got married, we're not going to dissolve the marriage, except for Mukashchin. Someone who has boils, because apparently having relations, when she has relations with him, it causes his body to fall apart. And therefore we do it for his sake. Meaning, we get involved for his sake, because the marriage is, is bad for him physically. 
But outside of that, if she accepted him, let's say he's a tanner, and before they got married, he's like, listen, I'm a tanner, and then she gets married, she's like, I can't handle this. According to her marriage, they could dissolve the marriage. According to him, no, you accepted, you accepted. That's it, I'm not getting involved. Maisa Betzida, and the story goes, and see the Maborsi Echachemais, you have a tanner who died. So the brother was also a tanner, and the brother was doing Yibam. So Amru Chacham, and the Chacham said, She's allowed to dissolve the second marriage. She could say, I don't want to do Yibam. Why? Because I don't want to deal with a tanner. I, my brother, was a tanner, but I loved him. I mean, she could say, I accepted him as being a tanner. I'm not accepting you. Okay. Run through today's daf very quickly. It's a lot of um, uh, medical stuff and then just weird stories at the end, which are always fun. Mali bal pupilos. One of the conditions that is caused for divorce is called bal pupilos. It's some sort of ailment. So what is it? It's an odor of the nose. If your nose smells, probably was a sign of something really, really not good in the body. Um, the the Brisa teaches it's an odor of the mouth, so it's either nose or mouth. Shmuel said nose. Ravasi masni ibcha. Ravasi flipped it around that Shmuel said mouth. And the way to remember it, Manach Masimna Shmuel pasuk pumikulipirkin. Shmuel was always learning Tyra. He was always talking, so he's the one who said odor of the mouth. Okay. A someone who gathers handfuls. So I said it was dog excrement. So my mekabets, what is he gathering? I'm review them. Is that mekabets says kolavim? He gathers handfuls of dog manure. Um, it, it, they would sew clothes in it. I, 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 I don't know. The Gemara says, Mesa, Avakasha, you're telling me Mikabates is is picking up dog manure, but doesn't the Bryce say Mikabates Zebursi? Mikabates is a tanner, not someone who picks up dog manure. So the Gemara says, according to you, then we could ask Akasha on the Mishnah. You're telling me that Mikabates is Bursi. Is a tanner, but the mission says Makabit and Borsi are two different items. So obviously it's not. So the Gemara says, Well, Kasha. Well, it's not such a kasha, because I could tell you really Makabits is Borsi. Really Makabits is a tanner, so why is it listed twice in the Mishnah? Kan Borsi Gavl, Kan Borsi Katan. One's a large tannery and a small tannery, but they all mean the same thing. El Ravyuda Kasha. The Kasha is according to Ravihuda that he's telling me that Borsi is gathering excrement. I thought it's a tanner. So the Gemara says, Tanoi, it's Machlikas Tanoi, what it is. The Tanya Mechabetz Eborsi, rather, Brysa says the first opinion is that Mechabetz is a tanner. Some say it's someone who picks up dog excrement for a living. Okay. The next one was someone who refines copper. What does that mean? He pounds out kettles of a coppersmith. So it's apparently a very smelly job. That's who mines copper. Also, probably very smelly and very, uh, I don't know, smelly, but probably very dangerous and probably smelled also. Tanoi Kavosa de Rabrachana, the Rice of Azarachana, Ezum Mitzarev, what's considered Mitzarev, and Machatik Machoshes Meikar, that's who mines copper. Okay. Amirav, Haimer, Enizan, Veinimafarnes, Yoitzi beating Suva. If someone says to his wife, I'm not feeding you and I'm not providing for you, not doing that. It's grounds for divorce. Okay, because he's going against one of the Tanoi Ksuba. He says, I'm not giving you any money. So the halacha is, that's grounds where we force him to get divorced. So the Gemara says, that was what that was the, what Rab said. So Rav Lazar, Rav Lazar said this teaching in front of Shmuel, that if someone says, I'm not supporting my wife, it's grounds for forcing him to get divorced. So when Shmuel heard this, You should feed a Lazar barley, which is an animal food. 
Meaning, what are you talking about? That's not, why would we force him to get divorced, force him to feed his wife? Right? He's not feeding his wife, so you're going to force him to get divorced? Well, if you have power to force him something, force him to feed his wife. So that's why he didn't, he didn't agree with that statement. Now, Rav, who was the author of the statement, who said that if someone doesn't feed his wife, that's grounds for forcing him to get divorced, it's not a good question. Instead of forcing a divorce, they'll force him to feed his wife. The answer is, You can't stay with a snake in a viper's pit. Meaning, once he already said he's not feeding her, forcing him to feed her is not a good marriage. Force him to get out. That, that, that's it. Okay, so that was the statement that Rav Lazar said, and then Shmuel had said, feed him barley. So Kisalik Rav Zeru, when Rav Zeru went from Babel to Eretz Yisrael, Ashkechil Rav Binyamin Bar Yefes, he ran into Rav Binyamin Bar Yefes, who was quoting this teaching in the name of Rav Yechonon, that if a man refuses to feed his wife, it's grounds for forcing him to get divorced. Amrlei, al-doch suicidal al-lazar That was the teaching that caused them to feed barley to al-lazar, meaning that was the, the teaching that was controversial. In uh, Bavel at the time. Okay. Um, Rav Yehuda Maravasi, in Maashin, Maashin, El Psulis. Maashin means to force a divorce, which is beating somebody. Says the Gemara, we only beat someone to force his wife to get divorced if he is over an Isser, meaning it's the type of marriage which is not allowed. Kain Gadol to Almana, you know, Kain to Agrusha, meaning. It's a marriage that's a lois essay. Such a marriage, we will force them to get divorced. Outside of that, we're not going to get involved. Okay. When he said this in front of Shmuel Amar, he gave the following examples. What's an example of a marriage that's asa deraisa that will get involved? Mamzer, Kayan Gadol, all these relationships. What about a man who is with his wife for 10 years? The halacha is that after 10 years, they're supposed to get divorced if you don't have children. So the question is, will we force them? So it's not in the list, right? So although you're supposed to get divorced because you're supposed to to get another wife, we're not going to force you. In Kayvanaisa, we won't force you. We only force to get divorced if there's an Isidaraisa. So the Gemara says, He disagrees. He says, no. If you've been married for 10 years and you don't have a child, we actually will force you to get divorced. So it's a machleg as a whether we force you to get divorced if you're married for 10 years and don't have a child. Now here's the kasha. Tanan. Our mission started off by saying, these are the marriages that we forced to get divorced. And it talked about a man who had boils, a man who had pupilos, and all these things. Now, None of what we just listed is in our Mishnah. Neither having a child, not having a child for 10 years, and neither having Isurim Daraisa. Now, says the Gemara, According to Rav Asi, who says the only time we force a divorce is for Isuri Daraisa, the reason why it's not in the list in their Mishnah, because the Mishnah is not listing Isurim Daraisa. But according to Rav Tachliva Baravimi, who holds that you also force a divorce for a man who hasn't had children for 10 years, that's a rabbinic enactment. Why is it not listed in the Mishnah? Meaning like this. Everyone agrees that if an Almana marries a Kohen Gadol, we, we beat him until they get divorced. Okay, everyone agrees to that. I, why is it not in our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah is dealing with Durabonan concepts, not biblical concepts. That's a biblical issue. Fine. We have a Machloikas, whether... We force them to get divorced if they've been married for 10 years and don't have children. 
Now, if you hold that they do get forced, why is it not enlisted in the Mishnah? That's a rabbinic enactment. So it should be, it's a rabbinic concept. So that should be listed in the Mishnah. Why is it not listed in the Mishnah? So the Gemara says, The answer is, the reason why it's not listed in the Mishnah is because the form of the force is different. Our Mishnah, our Mishnah, um, when it says that we force them to get divorced, it means we take bats and whips and we beat them. Not having a child for 10 years, while we do force them, it's with words. We try to convince them, we ridicule them, we talk them into it. So the reason why it's not listed in the Mishnah is because it's not the same form of a force. Our Mishnah is only talking about physical force, and, and the whole 10 years without children is a verbal force. Okay. Here's the kasha. So you're telling me that if you don't have children for 10 years, and we force you to get divorced, it's verbal force. Just talking. Not physical. The Pasuk says, with words, a servant will not be disciplined. Meaning, that's not going to work. you got to force somebody, you got to beat them. The words are not going to do it. So how could you tell me that if you're not married for 10 years? We force you, but we only use words. It's not going to work. So the Gemara says, I take it back. Go to the next page. Really, both of them, you force them to get divorced with whips. So why is the 10 years not in the Mishnah? The answer is, in the case of the Mishnah, with all the birth defects, if let's say she says, I want to stay with him, do, the, do we let them stay together? Let's say one of the, the birth defects is, uh, one of the defects is that he's, he's got papyrus. And she's like, so we beat him, right, to get divorced. What if she's like, I'm happy. We let her go. The, not being together for 10 years, even if the husband and wife and say, we're, we're happy together, we still beat them. So the reason why it doesn't work in the Mishnah is because the Mishnah, we only beat if the wife is not cool with it. But if the wife is cool with it, they're going to let it go. But then not having children together for 10 years, I don't care if the husband and wife are cool with it. We're going to still beat them. So it doesn't fit in the Mishnah because our Mishnah is only physical force in to sort of to defend the wife. But if the wife's cool with it, we're not going to. The 10 years, we're always going to beat them. So it doesn't really fit in the Mishnah. Now, the Mara has one quick question. And he's saying that in our Mishnah, we will not beat them if the wife is cool with it. There's one case where even if the wife is cool with it, we still will beat. And that's if he has boils, right? Remember, we, we beat them. We get them. We force them to get divorced if he has boils, not for the wife, but because of him. Because if they have relations, it'll cause him physical harm. So how could you say that everyone in the Mishnah, the list in the Mishnah, will beat them Dafka, if the wife is, is not okay with it, but the wife is cool with it, we'll let it go. That's not true. Boils will beat them even if the wife is cool. It will still beat them to get divorced. Because they can't have relations. Because it's dangerous. So how come? So if you if you've included the boil case, which is you're always going to beat them to get divorced, why not include the have haven't had children for ten years, which you're always going to beat them to get divorced? The answer is Hasam Kiyomra Dairina Bade Basad Ishavkinale. The answer is in the case of the boils, there is a scenario where we don't beat them and we allow them to stay together, and that is if they make sure there's always a witness present. Let's say they want to stay together because they love each other. If you say to them, Listen, if you have relations, it's going to cause you physical harm. So he says, Okay. We'll we'll take a roommate. We'll have a shimer. Make sure there's, there's cameras. We'll never have relations. We'll let it go. We're not going to beat them, right? Why not? No, no, no. Let's say they already have kids. They've already fulfilled the Mr. Puravu. 
and and they want to stay together. And we say, yeah, but it's dangerous. And she's like, well, I won't have relations with them. I'll have Then we'll let it go. The ten years will always beat if they haven't had children, if they never had children. We'll always beat them. So therefore, it doesn't work in the mission. Okay. Tanya. <clears throat> now we're just going to go, basically, we're going to do this very quickly, and that is um, medicinal stuff, and then super crazy stories. Okay. Tanya um Rav Yoisi. Sachli Zokin Echem Anshu Yishalayim. Rav Yoisi says, I was told by an elderly person from Yishalayim, Esem Yarbe Mukashchin There are 24 types of boils. And all of them having relations will worsen the condition. But the worst affliction is called Bali Rasan. Bali Rasan was a, um, it's a, it, Arts will describe it as a parasite in the spinal cord uh, or in the brain stem. What causes the disease of Bali Rasan? What causes this, uh, this parasite? Ditanya. Hik is dam mishimish. If you have relations after having bloodlet, your children will be very weak. Again, obviously these things, uh, you know, the, the medicine have changed, people have changed, blah, blah, blah. If both the husband and wife were bloodlet and then they had relations, that causes the children to have which is this parasite and it's a very, very weak condition, uh, weakening condition. Having bloodletting and then relations causes balarasan only if they didn't eat anything. But if they ate something, they'll be fine. Okay. Again, I don't know. My Simone, what are the symptoms? I'm nauseous from this. My Simone, what are the symptoms of balarasan? Tiolafena, his eyes tear, daiva nichare, nostrils run, I say they rira he's constantly drooling, virame didiluye, and flies swarm around him. Okay. Umaya Susan, what's the cure? Umrabaya, Pile Valudna, Penny Royal, and Wormwood. Girda the Agaiza Vigirda the Ashva, bark of a nut tree, shavings of a hide, Vikolo Malka, a lily plant, Umaschala de Dikla Sumka. The calyxes that cover red dates. The shalaklub hadiyadadi, boil all of them together. Maila labes the shisha, take the patient into a house made of marble where there's no air, there's no wind, because he's about to do surgery. Viloy ika bebesa de shisha, and if there's no marble house available, maila labesa de shav livne aricha, have a house that has seven bricks thick, meaning a very, very thick house where there's no draft. Pour 300 cups of this potion on his head. Until the surface of his skull is weakened. Tear open the skull for surgery. Bring four myrtle leaves. Lift each one and insert each one into the brain. Remove the organism with tongs. Burn it. And if not, it's going to cause harm. Okay. Huh? They tried a three, they tried a five, and everyone kept on dying. Uh, hold on one second, just grab some water for one second. <laughs> Recording in progress. Machriz, Yechner, Yechner would announce his Haru Mazuvi al Bali Rasan, avoid flies that were resting near someone with a Rasan because someone who has this Rasan condition, the flies carry the disease. 
Rav Zeru would not sit downwind of someone with Rasan because the wind, it could carry the disease. Rav Loza would not enter the tent of a Rasan victim. And Rav they wouldn't eat anything from the neighborhood that someone had Rasan, even in egg, because of the contagiousness of the disease. Rav Yishum Levi was the opposite. He would go to people with Rasan and learn Torah. Brings charm. How could it not protect? Meaning, he would dafka learn with them, and like uh, learn with those people that were had these conditions, and the Torah would protect them. So the Gemara now says about Rabbi Shuv and Levi because he would do this, he had a special schus, and that schus protected him even beyom hamisa. When it was time for Rabbi Shuv and Levi to die, they told Malchamavis. Go, before he dies, do whatever he wants, whatever he wishes. One last wish. I don't know, but this entire Gemara, I don't know what any of this means. But they told the Malachim Abbas, before you kill him, do whatever he wants. So, Amr le achvi le duchte, so Yishu Malavi says, take me to Gan Eden, I want to see my place in Gan Eden. So Amr le l'chai, he said, fine. Amr le havli sakinach, Yishu Malavi said, I want your knife that you kill people with. Why? Because he said, perhaps I'll be frightened along the way and I want I want to have the protection of your knife. Okay? Yovan gave him the knife. When they arrived at Gan Eden, the Malachim of lifted Rav Shubham Levi above the wall and showed him where he's going to sit. But Shavar Nafalahu Gaisa, Rav Shubham Levi jumped into Gan Eden. So now, now he's like, Jumping into Gan Eden, whatever this means, he's jumping into Gan Eden. No, he wanted to keep it. He wanted to give it back. So Nakte Bekarne de Glime. So the Malcham Avis grabs him by the end of his coat from above the wall. Amrle Beshvur Delayasinner. Beshuvan Levi said, "I swear I'm not going back. I swear I'm not going back." Now the question is, do they want to bring him back to life in order to kill him, or just let him go to Gan Eden living? So. Hashem said, If in his life he ever had an, an oath re- annulled, then we'll annul this oath. But if not, then we're going to let him go. And And by the way, he, that means he takah stayed there, which means Rishul Malevi never, he's like a Leo Novi, he never died, he just entered Gan Eden and just stayed there, which is interesting. So the Malcham Ovid says, Can I please have my knife back? My knife back? No. <laughs> So Nafka Baskal Amra, a heavenly voice came out and said, Havni Lay gave him the knife back to Mitvilibriasa, it's needed for people. Meaning Shumalevi was trying to help people, but he says, No, no, Malchavis needs his knife. That you, you need it's necessary to keep it's necessary. People that have to go have to go and you, you give him his knife back. Okay. Machriz Elio Kamei Elio Anovi announced before Vishumalevi, Pnu Makun Labarlivoi, clear a place for Barlivoi, Pnu Makun Labarlivoi. Again, all these gemaras are interesting. You can look into this in your own time. It's fascinating. But so they're making announcements. Make place for Barlivoy, Make place for Barlivoy. So Rishim Ba'ichoy comes. They have Yosef Atlas sitting on thirteen chairs of fine gold. You can be the Sarachim. There's also thirteen. I don't know. He said, "You're Rishim Levi." He said, "Yeah." Nearest Akashas Biyamecha. You're so great. Was there ever a rainbow in your generation? He said, yeah. You must not be a Rishu Meaning, that's not so great. If there was ever a rainbow in your generation, because Rishu Malevi was known to not have a rainbow in his. Or what this means, I have no idea. So the Gemara says, the truth is, there was actually never a rainbow in Rishu Malevi's generation. So why did he say there was? 
He didn't want to boast. Okay, that's the end of that story. Rav Chanin Bar Papa, Bar Papa was a close friend of the Malachim Avos. Yeah, of course. When it was time for Rav Chanin Bar Papa to die, the same thing. Do whatever he wants before he passes away. So the Malachim Avos appears to Rav Chanin Bar Papa. Says, give me 30 days to review my Torah. Because it says, praiseworthy is someone who comes to the next world remembering his Torah. By the way, it's, we all know Ruchanin Bar Papa is from this, the Hadron, the Siam, right? So Ruchanin Bar Papa was constantly Chazer. Maybe that's why we mentioned it by the Siam. I don't know. So Shavke, the, the Malachim Abbas gave him 30 days to Chazer all his learning before he passed away. After 30 days, he reappears. says, Show me my place in Gan Eden. He said, Fine. Can I have your knife, please? So Malachim says, Fool me once. So he says, You want to, do, you want to be like my, your, your friend? No, no deal. So Amrlai, Icy so if Chani Baba says, bring a Sefer Torah, find me one Pasuk I didn't keep, meaning you did it for Yishu Malevi, do it for me. What's the difference? So Amar Lehi, the Malachim Abba said, he was willing to be Moiser Nefesh to teach Torah to those that have the, 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 the contagious disease, you didn't do that. So for him I did, I'm not doing it for you. Okay? So, Vafilo Hachi, even though Rav Chani Papa did not have the right to enter Gan Eden alive, and to get the knife, when he passed away, a column of fire separated um, the, 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 the body from everyone else. We have a tradition that there's only one or two people generation who are worthy of having this flame. By the way, I mentioned this. Ravari Levine said this over, the Tzadik Vizhalayim, that he saw with his own eyes a pillar of fire by the Leshem's Levaya. The Leshem was early Yasha's grandfather. He said, he, I saw it with my own eyes. He said, everyone saw it. Everyone at the funeral saw it. Okay. Point is, that happened to her. Now, this wasn't just a pillar of fire. and No one could get near the Nifter. So, you have this pillar of fire that's stopping everyone to go to the funeral. So, the Gemara says, Kar of Lagabir of Alexandri. So, of Alexandri goes to the pillar of fire. He said, go away because of the Kavah Chacham. It's not good. You know what I mean? You have all these Chacham who are alive who can't, it's going to make it that he was so much greater that people aren't going to have respect for the Chacham who are alive. The fire didn't go away. Do it for the sake of your father's honor. Nothing. Do it for you, meaning people can't be masked you, people can't go to the funeral. So it's not even a cover for the Nifta to have this fire. It's not like the fire went away. The column of fire is, is only meant to separate from any person who did not fill the tatira, to, to fulfill the Torah. Meaning, it's not to keep away the tzaddikim; it's to keep away the the non-tzaddikim. Baramava said to Abaya, "The fire is meant to keep you out because you don't have a mica. A mica is a fence that, uh, around the, the the your roof. You have to put a fence around your roof." So Abaya did not have a fence on his roof, so he was giving a Musr. He said, that fire will keep you up because you don't have a fence on your roof. But the Gemara says, Lohi, it's actually not true. Abaya actually had a, a fence on his roof, of course. The Yishai do the Shadi Zeka, and it happened to be at that moment there was a wind that blew the fence over, so it looked like he did it. What all this Gemara, I'm sure you can show him on every single line. 
How come there's no people afflicted with Rasan in Bavel? Because they eat beets and drink beer um, made of uh, prickly shrubs that apparently is preventative. How come there's no people afflicted with Saras in Bavel? It's because they eat beer, they, they eat beets, drink beer, and they bathe in the Euphrates River. Hajjan Allah Hamader. Are you giving uh, uh, Sunday or, or Yeah. I'll give it right after uh, right after uh, 